Welcome to Imagine the Possibilities with Intelia, where we showcase Intelia talent across departments. My name is Maritza Mikowski, Associate Director, Talent Attraction Programs. And my name is Ellie Kalamkaridis, Talent Attraction Partner. On this show, we take deep dives into all things culture and careers. We talk about career steps and missteps, development, growth, and more. Just imagine the possibilities of what we can learn together. Today, we are imagining the possibilities with Nadia Kombal, Senior Scientist at Intelia. Nadia has been with us for three years since summer 2019. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Biotechnology from the University in Ecuador. She worked in Ecuador for two years before coming to the U.S. to attend Dartmouth College, where she earned her doctorates in genetics. She then joined Intelia after graduation. Outside of the lab, Nadia is a co-lead for our diversity, equity, and inclusion cultural ambassadors. And a fun fact, she just completed the 48 4,000-footer list of mountains in New Hampshire. Listen in to learn more about that and more. Hi, Nadia. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. In the show intro, we provided a quick introduction, but we'd love to have you start and share your elevator pitch version of your bio. Sure. Hi, Ellie. Uh, it's nice to talk to you. I would say Ecuadorian dog mom. If you don't find me in the lab with a pipette on my hand, I'm in the <laughs> outdoors and I'm a scientist who's always learning from her peers. I love that. What kind of dog do you have? I have a golden doodle, a black golden doodle. Oh, um, yes. Is that unusual? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that many. Um, a lot of people think it's, she's a Bernadoodle. She has oh, that kind of like so black pattern, cute. but a little bit of white, a little bit of gray. It's she's she's We were just gorgeous. talking before this, trying to convince Ellie to get a dog. <laughs> uh, that's a yes. Yep. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. will support this. <laughs> if something comes out of this podcast, this it has to be that. It's me getting a dog. Great. Yes. <laughs> So as you said, Ecuadorian, can you talk a little more about your experience moving from Ecuador to Hanover, New Hampshire? I can only imagine the the weather change was shocking. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so luckily, I, I had lived in the States before because my dad was getting his PhD in the States. So it kind of runs in the family. Uh, and we were in Pennsylvania. So I had experienced the rough weather um, there, <laughs> but it's not it's not like New Hampshire for sure. Yeah. Um, so it was still a shock. Um, and I was, you know, through and through a city girl uh, from the capital of Ecuador, Quito. So it was a big shock, but that's kind of what I was looking for. I wanted um, something completely different from what I've experienced before. And, you know, living in Hanover, it, it offers that. It's just greenery trees and go to your lab and do your experiments <laughs> I needed focus yeah a, a major change and can you talk a little more about how you know you ended up choosing to to go to Hanover how did that decision come about you know it's obviously such a such a far trip yeah I think a lot of it came from my rounds of interview it just felt like a good fit with people in the program um, had really good experiences 
during the interviews, although they were remote, you know, through Zoom. I was using Zoom for those interviews back then. (laughs) And I just got a just good feeling that I would fit in. Um, And like I said, it, you know, going to a, what I would call a remote place is it's, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, (laughs) I did want a bit of that, um, that experience that I had never had before. Yeah, something completely different. And then back at Intelia, could you speak a little more about um, what it's been like here in regard to your exposure to senior leadership and your own growth at the company? Yeah, so I was lucky to be, you know, still employee 150. I, definitely, wow. definitely, we were still, um, you know, below the 200. So that allowed me to get a lot of FaceTime with senior leadership, a lot of um, really good experiences. As a South American, you know, knowing that Laura from Argentina, um, you know, was a CSO, I got a lot of uh, a lot of a report with her and just conversations nar- naturally happen at the cafeteria. So I was very lucky to experience that and get um, a lot of that face-to-face time, a lot of you know, suggestions, recommendations, science talk. Uh, it's been great. I, I love that everybody's so open to to talk about their science, to talk about their life, really. I was very lucky in that respect. And I, I appreciate it. And I feel so fortunate that I had that. Could you speak a little more about, you know, how you discovered Intelia, how you ended up here? Yeah, so it it's funny because I, I I'm more of a... RNA focused scientist right now, but in grad school, I was using CRISPR as an editing system to inquire the functions of an oncogene that we were studying. So I knew about CRISPR as a tool to, to, to get information. And of course I knew about, you know, Jennifer Doudna and her papers. And I, I did meet her at one conference that I was able to go to, I think in my second or third year as a grad student really not knowing much about, you know, the, the path that CRISPR would take going into clinical trials, et cetera. But I knew, I knew that CRISPR was the way to go um, outside of academia. And I was just so, so happy that I got the opportunity to, to join Intelia and um, work with such amazing people. Yeah, so it, the, the, the paths of CRISPR were started years and years ago for me. That is so interesting. I love that you joined us straight from graduation mm-hmm. and we're not too far from Dartmouth. So that's mm-hmm. a quick little move out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not too bad of buzz right away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually love the downtown of Dartmouth. I find it really charming. <laughs> it's it's very cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so switching gears completely for, we've mentioned this on previous seasons of the podcast, but just to restate, our cultural ambassador program is an employee-led initiative that started back in 2016, and we now have five groups, community events, wellness and sustainability, social events, continuous learning, and the group that you co-lead, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm curious if you can share more about how you got involved in that group and what you all focus on. Yeah, so uh, I've been co-leading the team since um, around March of this year. I I knew that I wanted to join the cultural ambassadors um, almost as soon as I interviewed at Intelia and mentioned it. I just always am interested in 
you know, this kind of initiatives that are born from the employees, they volunteer their time and they just put a lot of effort into making work feel like a community, um, just feel, it feels welcoming to everybody and everybody is important. Um, the, you know, I love all of those teams. They do wonderful work. I admire them so much. Um, I personally prefer to join the DEI team because I've had great experience with DEI in the past during grad school. Um, as an international student, it is DEI who sort of gave me that first welcome. We are here for you. We value you um, and we value what you bring to the table. Um, so um, I found that it's always a good way to um, just have an impact in, in, in creating mm -hmm. a cultural inclusion and um, just making our employees feel valued. And mm -hmm. I've had a great, great experience. I have an excellent co-lead, uh, D. We are both the Latina co-leads of DEI and uh, we have a great team. They are so, so, um, you know, proactive and ready for to, to tackle any task. So Awesome. Um, we, we definitely need all the hands that we <laughs> <laughs> That was going to be my next question. How do you manage both time in the lab and work and then also leading this employee group? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's always challenging, but um, I do appreciate the opportunity to, to have experience in what leading a team is, to get to know mm -hmm. what works for everybody how to to assign priorities of events etc and it you know having been part of it not necessarily um having been a leader of it um i sort of knew what kind of people i was going to work with and mm -hmm. um you know i was more excited than fearful of the opportunity and it's been great it's a, it's a challenge because you know we are employee vo volunteers Right. Um, trying to meet deadlines, uh, you know, just like any other project, mm -hmm. but it just takes a bit of you know, time, um, organization and assigning tasks to people and mm -hmm. trusting people. So it's given me a lot more than, than I have probably given to it. I, it's given me some oh. experience in things. <laughs> oh, that is so nice to hear. And we are filming this during Latinx Heritage Month. Can you share more about how Intelia is celebrating? Yeah, so as cultural ambassadors, we, we try to collaborate with the other teams. So we have a couple of events that we are doing. So we are collaborating with the Continuous Learning Cultural Ambassadors. We made up this list of recommended books by your Intelia Latino employees recommended there should be something for everybody. So that is available. We circulated that through email. So hopefully people have been able to select something from that list and give it a read. The other thing that we're going to do uh, happen in Latinx Beats uh, party happening and it'll have, you know, the... The essentials of a good Latin party. There will be <laughs> some dancing. There will be some good food. There will be friends. So that's that's what we want you to take from it. Latinos are friendly. They love a party. They love to dance. And we want to share with everybody here. Yes, that's so exciting. And Beats, for reference, is our internal like happy hour. I think we do it once a month. 
And yes. tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day. So an excellent day for dance lessons. Ooh, we lucked out. Yeah, yeah, we're getting all the rain out today. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Pivoting a bit, could you talk about an important professional mentor that you've had um, during your career? Yeah, to be honest, I think I found my best mentors here at Intelia. My previous boss, he was my first mentor here at Intelia and he taught me, you know, the ropes in industry, how some skills don't transfer from academia to industry, which mm-hmm. is very important. He he was just uh, very invested in my growth and it was unlike anything that I had experienced before. So I think Intelia does a great job at selecting people who care about other people. And, and I love that. And besides that, I've experienced incredible women leadership, having Rubina um, leading the, the chemistry team. And she's just wonderful. She's such a force of nature and she's always in communication with all of us, um, suggesting um, ideas, um, you know, just talking about your day and day. It's been, it's been great to receive that sort of support just to learn from their experiences and how that could be helpful for, for, for my own career growth. That's great. And I think, like you said, having females at Intelia that are in such influential positions is, is a great thing to look up to and also just be in that work environment with them. Also, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Is there <laughs> anything now where you are looking back, you wish you had known before you had begun your professional career? This is something that I've learned here. Also, uh, at Intelia, there's a lot of traits that no, not do not necessarily transfer from academia to industry. Depending on your academic experience, you may not have the same experiences as me. But definitely, the part of going too hard too quickly can lead to burnout. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that doesn't necessarily transfer to industry because where you gotta you know, run the marathon, not just a sprint. And then something that I had to get used to is uh, the, the, the collaborative part of projects uh, in order to move things forward. Um, I think in academia, I had a lot of, you know, very individual tasks and being independent was very highlighted. However, here, in order to move things forward, you really need to, you know, get a good group of people and, and, and push it forward. I think those are two two main ones that I I learned quickly. I wish yeah. I knew them before. <laughs> yeah, of course. And on the same line, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone starting out um, earlier in their career? Yeah, I think, and I've told this to a lot of people, is um, find a mentor that really believes in you and uh, takes time of the day to think about your growth and, and, and can truly guide you. Not something that just focuses on this is your experiment, this is the next experiment, etc. Um, I think it's so important to have a, a boss that invests in you. My question is, how do you, for someone who's hesitant to have that conversation, whether it's with a manager or with a boss, about developing more of a mentor role, how would you recommend someone would go about that conversation or sort of that relationship building? Yeah, I think it takes a a bit of time. Usually managers who have had experience, et cetera, they already know, you know, how to be a mentor. Um, But I think it is 
your duty to to bring up those conversations and an easy way to do it is just jot down a few points that you want to address and just have an open conversation if you don't have the ability to have this open conversations with a boss then maybe that's not a good fit i yeah. think i think that trust needs to be built and built quickly <laughs> definitely and then what do you see next for your career yeah, so this is a good question, and I actually think I'm in a really happy, good spot right now because <laughs> I get to experience a lot of areas right now. I'm still able to be in the lab and explore, you know, my ideas. I get to go to a lot of meetings and the other end. I get to manage people, and I'm learning, you know, how to lead a team. So I'm experiencing a lot of things, and I'm sort of just soaking in everything in order to make a decision about what I want next. So I'm in, you know, I'm in a good place. <laughs> great. That's great. <laughs> and now I'm supposed to jump into the rapid fire questions, but before I do that, I think we need to circle back to your fun fact that we shared in the opening. So you just completed <laughs> the 48,000 footer list of mountains in New Hampshire. Yeah. First of all, I didn't even know there are 48 mountains in New Hampshire, but it <laughs> makes sense. But can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, so it's been a project long in the making, um, you know, uh, because I don't, I even though I want to, I don't go hiking every weekend. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so there's this 48 mountains over 4,000 feet elevation. Um, they have to have a certain prominence to to count oh. uh, when they're in, you know, kind of a ridge. And it's just something that I started truly for mental health because mm -hmm. I felt, you know, a little disconnected in the mountains. But and I felt like even in terms of my physical capacity, I enjoy seeing that improvement from going from the easiest ones to the hardest one. It's just kind of a lesson in life of mm -hmm. how if you persevere, you can do very hard things. And it's just been fun because you meet a lot of great people uh, on the trails. Oh, cool. I, That's uh, so great. Yeah, I did it with so my it was me and my husband who completed the list. One of our first dates was actually one of these. Oh my and God. I, so was, fun. I was so out of shape. I was crying at the end. <laughs> I was literally telling him, please leave me here. Go get help. Um, That's yeah. an adorable first date. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> he, <laughs> I, I remember drama queen oh back God. then, but now I can handle it. <laughs> I guess I'm piecing it together. So you would have started while you were at Dartmouth, which makes sense. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then it's cool you were able to continue even after graduation. Did yeah, you all it's... get married on the mountains? I feel like you had to. So we didn't because we got married uh, during COVID times and we weren't allowed to go into New Hampshire. But we did it outdoors. We did we did get married at the Arboretum. Nice. So it was it was beautiful. But yeah, so it's it's taught me a lot of lessons, and um, it was mainly for for mental health. Uh, to be honest, I needed an escape. I needed to do something else, and that that kind of stuck. And now I'm hooked, and we're That's awesome. trying to see what other lists are out there. <laughs> and so now you have to submit an essay. You said, right? So that much 
for doing this, except you tell your friends. Uh, but you get, <laughs> you get a patch. And, what will you um, do with the patch? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll put it on a hat or something. Oh, oh that's a cute idea. <laughs> I don't know. So you have to submit an essay about your experience in hiking all of them. And you have to submit the list of when you did them, wow. with whom you did it. Um, did you do every single, all 48 with your husband? Now, husband? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so yeah. fun. That's really it's a good way to, to get to know each other. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fun date. And then does your dog come on them or whenever you got her? So we got her about a year ago now, so we haven't really taken her because we were leaving the hardest ones for the oh, end, and we no. didn't right. know if she would be up to the up to the challenge. Yeah, she, I, she does have the energy as a golden doodle. You know, oh, yeah. they are nuts. Yeah, um, but um, I didn't know. I didn't want to yeah. deal with her in that environment. <laughs> This is definitely not on the 4,000 footer list, but we did Arthusa Falls last year, Ooh. which was very hard for me. Yeah. Don't laugh at me, but our no, little Courtney with his little legs crushed it. So <laughs> if he can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> I love a Corgi on the mountain. <laughs> I have seen a couple. Yeah, they are. Less. I think it's because they're long. I don't know. They're very good hikers. <laughs> All right, so back to our rapid fire. This is a fun one for us this season. If you could invite one person, living or dead, to dinner, who would it be and why? So I know people are expecting me to mention a scientist, but I really like a comedian. <laughs> and I, I love Conan O'Brien or Amy Poehler. And I would love to have a someone entertain. That's a great story. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> We've gotten actually a lot of singers. We, we've not had a very interesting <laughs> yes that's a good one that would be a very entertaining dinner for sure yeah and then what is something you're currently working on in your role that you're excited about there's just so much that you can do in rna but i get excited about the opportunities when i can collaborate with mm -hmm. other people so i have some stuff that i'm doing with cmc um just collaborating on a couple of experiments and projects so lots, lots to do, just yes. not enough time. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And then what is your favorite thing about working at Intellia? There's not one thing, but it, if I had to name one, it's the people. If I have to add on to it, it would be the culture and the learning opportunities. Great. Well, Nadia, thank you so much. This was so fascinating and we can't wait to see your 4,000 footer patch on hat. Yes, I will be wearing it every day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you should. Great, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you so much to Nadia for coming on the show. We loved learning more about her work in the lab and outside of the lab. Tune in next week where we'll interview Deb Anderson, VP Head of Quality. Deb will share about her time living in Japan and taking full advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. See you then.